Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Led. Hi, how's everybody? I'm feeling a little low in energy today. I'm going to be completely honest with you, but I'm with a friend. So like, I feel like my energy is just pumping up by being with somebody I love. So today we are well, we are welcoming and we're so blessed and lucky to have Yeti today. Welcome Yeti. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Yeti is amongst many things. She's also one of our soul mentors. She went through soul teacher with us, but before that she was just way cooler than all of those titles can ever be. Um, I first met Yeti through Ava, right? I think that's like how Melanie. Okay. Through Melanie. There's just such a connection between all of you guys. I always forget. So Yeti came my way. And I remember just reading her and being like, oh my God, this person is so powerful. Like, I I think I shared that with you too. Were you like a little scared by that? You freaked me out on July 4th. Oh, no, I mean, no, look at me. Of course, always working on holidays. That makes sense. Um, but I'll tell you a little bit about Yeti before we, you know, kind of go into more of her story. But Yeti is really, I mean, she's a, a many things and she's a creative, but also a very strong, intuitive um, engineer by trade also. But really, it's been beautiful to see Yeti like move from that place and move more into her intuition, like the, the, you know, the fact that you can carry both is so impressive. I love that about you. And she just recently, you know, went full time into this work. She does these amazing deck of cards that we're really loving. And we were just talking about like, you know, seeing more cards from her and all that. So she's a beautiful guide, especially when it comes to um, self-care, self-love, like uh, mental health. Like it's, these are part of her stories, which she'll share with us today. And it's a very unique way to be read. She just read me um, for a year ahead reading. And it was like all of like the deep, dark secrets of Nikki, basically. Like she can go <laughs> like deep into you and see really that part of kind of that self-abandonment that sometimes happens and um, the self-nurturing that is needed and stuff. And I'd love like your perspective on the way you do your work and your readings and um, everything that you do. So welcome Yeti to the show. And if you can tell us a little bit about how you got here today, it would be great. Oh my goodness. Thank you so, so much for having me on here. I actually would love to keep <laughs> that intro and play it to myself every morning when I wake up. Like I am Yeti the Great. <laughs> um, so a little bit about me. Which is like um, about your story, right? Like, like right. you are somebody who like always tries to remind us to like have those things for ourselves and like it's funny that you mentioned like Yeti the Great because I feel like that's so on brand for you because even your cards are really about like kind of speaking into ourselves and just reminding ourselves like of our beauty and our greatness and all that stuff. But it seems, but I do know that it stems from like a own need for that you needed. It was something that you needed and then now you're gifting to others. But you can tell us a little bit about that that journey of of finding your way back home and and the, and keeping up with like loving yourself and nurturing yourself like anything you can give us would be great. Yes. Okay. So, um, I am of Nigerian descent. Both my parents are from Nigeria. 
Um, they like to joke about who's from the village and who's from the city. Um, but from my recollection, they're both from the village. Um, <laughs> um, so I grew up in a traditional Nigerian background um, ba- um, household in England. And moving to America was the first time that I realized that I am different. Um, it was the first time that I... I noticed that there is a big difference between black people and white people. And it was also the first time that I really saw a spectrum of in between of there's this, there's Latinas, there's this Hispanic people here. There's not, there was not many Hispanic people, it's mainly like Spanish European. Um, and so in a way it felt, it felt new and exciting, but it was also incredibly scary. And I developed anxiety and depression um, moving moving here, I was 10, 11. When you moved um, from England. When I moved from England, yes. And from there, it's like, I'm a black girl with different hair and a British accent. What state? Massachusetts. Okay, because that matters sometimes, right? Like depending where you end up. It does. So I am a black girl with different hair and a British accent in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Oh <laughs> I can't even. I'm the only black girl in my class. And it was very different because I was surrounded by other Africans and Jamaicans when I was in school in London. Um, So this was just like, oh, I am different. Um, And as I continued to grow and my dad very much so kept us in private school because public school that we saw on the TV in America just wasn't ideal for him. (laughs) And he's like, no, my kids are going, my kids are going to private school. That's the only way. That is such a good accent. (laughs) Um, And because I am from a traditional Nigerian background, like kids are to be seen and not heard. You do as your parents say. Um, For Nigerians, like if you're not studying math, science, engineering, you're you're failing at life. And so my dad pretty much... He guided me. He did the best that he could. And I understand that now um, as an adult, but I didn't have much say in what I wanted to do with myself um, in the future. And so I made it through high school. I got into a really good engineering school. I got an engineering degree. I got an engineering job right off, right out of college. I was making more than my dad was making when he moved us to America. Wow. And like, that was like really eye-opening to me as to why he, he structured things the way that he did. He was so strict and was relentless about our education. But also with that, after graduating, the instructions stopped. It was like, you go to school, you get a good job, you get married, you have kids. But I'm 21, so I'm not thinking about marriage. I'm not thinking of kids. And I felt so lost. And that's when I realized I had no idea who I was. (laughs) I had no idea what I liked. And I did not have the tools or the capacity or the strength to love the person I saw in the mirror. And as that happened, like my first job was in Rhode Island. I was very much so separated from my friends. Um, I went through a really, really tough breakup um, and a toxic relationship. And so with all of that is when I finally got into therapy, I was assaulted in the, I got into therapy because I was assaulted at the gym. Um, And, but through therapy, I realized that I have anxiety. So like the feeling that I was feeling is, is anxiety, which I then later on found out is half of it's my intuition. Um, (laughs) And then 
um, I was able to finally say that like, I have depression, I'm sad. And I've been sad for a really long time and I've not been able to say that and have it be accepted. And I was given that space to do so. And I want, I want everyone to have that space. I want everyone to be able to not just be sad for no reason <laughs> and show up sad, but know that the label depression does not, it doesn't ruin you. It doesn't tarnish you. Um, and that there are safe places for you to heal, to fall in love with yourself and to care for yourself. Um, and then they don't all involve buying candles and body butter. <laughs> <laughs> Self-care is so much more. Than- it's amazing too, because it's like, so for me, I, um, I never had like long-term or ongoing depression or anything like that, but there was maybe two years ago, I was working really hard. Um, I was doing, I was kind of in a big survival mode. My husband like was falling apart and um, I was, I knew I had to do readings, like just a lot of readings in order to, to overcompensate kind of for what like he was missing out on or that he was missing on or whatever. And I was depressed and I had no idea. I was very drained, you know, and um, I just thought I was like tired And I remember so clearly, I'm just sitting outside in my backyard, like looking out at the backyard and my sister-in-law is with me. And she's like, she looks at me and she's like, you know, you're in a funk. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm like, I don't even know what the funk meant. I didn't understand what she meant. I was like, I'm just tired. And she's like, no, like, (laughs) she's like, this is like depression. Like, this is a thing. And she's like, you know, you haven't been answering my phone calls. Like you just say you're just busy and tired or whatever. And like, I thought she was annoying because she just kept like checking up on me, you know, and I think maybe she thought because of like what I did, maybe she thought <clears throat> I would know. And, you know, she's my sister-in-law. So I haven't known her my whole life. She married, you know, she's married to Benny's, to my husband's bro- uh, brother. So um, it's not like she knows like my history or anything that maybe she thought like, oh, Nikki probably knows this about herself. Right. And I swear, like all I needed was for her to tell me that. And it's actually what snapped me out of it she was just like, yeah, you're, you're depressed. You're sad. That's like, that's what you're going through. And I was like, what? And the minute it was so interesting. It's like, just so, you know, just like sometimes you just need the space and the, like, um, the okay. Like she just gave me the okay to Mm -hmm. be there. And then I didn't have to be there that long anymore. You know, like I was able to kind of move myself also just, you know, with, you know, the knowledge of it was everything to me too. I was like, okay, I'm here. There's things to get you out of here. Right. here's what we're going to do. And if it wasn't for her, like telling me that, I, I don't know, I would have stayed in there forever. It's funny that you mentioned that. So I, every year, this is November, it's September. So I celebrate all things Yeti. Um, and I, in November, just so you know, that's And I write my most vulnerable pieces, all the things that I'm afraid to put on the internet, I write about in November. And I just wrote um, a blog post called Leaning Into Depression. Um, for the most part, like I've been able to control that. Not necessarily control it, but I can recognize it and I can pull myself out and I don't sink as low as I used to. Right. Um, but this year, um, after graduating um, from Soul Teacher, uh, doing a lot of travel and 
coming off of um, medical leave and having to go back into the office, I sunk really deep into depression and I could not figure it out. And I didn't recognize it until my partner, he was just like, babe, I'm seeing certain signs that are concerning for me. You don't want to get out of bed. You bring your laptop to bed and you're not really working. You're just moving your mouse around. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're doing the bare minimum. Um, But not only that, like you're not eating, you're not taking care of yourself. Like maybe like ask your therapist. Um, And for me, I'm a high functioning depressed person. So um, I usually can keep going. And I think I had been depressed for a really long time. Um, but at that point of time, it was just, it was too much for me. I was feeling really heavy and it had, he had not said anything. I don't think I too would have recognized it. And I too would have been able to get out of it. And I talked about in that blog post, leaning into it because it's very difficult. You cannot fix something until you acknowledge it. You have to, you know, acknowledge it. You have to be honest with yourself. Um, and the best way to come out of depression, if you have that support system, is to be honest with the people that are around you. Um, <clears throat> but thankfully, with working with you and helping to develop my intuitive gifts, um, though I couldn't recognize it in the beginning, um, it being brought to my attention. Um, I was able to use, you know, my gifts and my discernment to realize if I'm, what I'm feeling, like, is it my own? Am I carrying my own energy or am I carrying somebody else's? Because the way that I do most of my readings is I'm I'm a feeler. Um, I'm a highly sensitive person. I am that girl that will see the the, the most random thing. I'll be weeping. Like, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And they're just like, no, Yeti. <laughs> I call those the Bambi criers. It's like all of us kids that watch Bambi and sat there crying when Bambi's mom gets shot, you know? And everybody's just like, what? Like you're four years old and you're like, what the hell was my mom thinking making me watch this movie? This is not a cute movie. This is not good for highly sensitive people. Funny story, my parents took me to the movies to see Bambi and I never made it through when Bambi's mom got shot. I was hysterical. They had to carry me out. I still to this day have not watched the full entire movie. And Dumbo, same shit. I'm like, what was was Disney thinking? Why? What were they doing? Were they trying to traumatize us? Like, (laughs) be nice to your mom because if not, she's going to get shot. I don't know what was happening. Dumbo starts off so beautifully too. (laughs) It's just like, What's happening? <laughs> yes, you're a Bambi crier. I get it. Look, of course you couldn't make it through the movie. I'm telling you. Right. <laughs> my, theory. my theory. But yeah, teaching, teaching um, feelers, um, intuition is like, I mean, first of all, it's a little hard because um, you, Alexis was like that too, right? Um, that mm-hmm. You guys, it's um, when we're learning, it's easy to get stuck in the emotion, like it's almost like you get distracted, not distracted, but it's like, you can't move on to the other things you're trying to download because um, you're like, but this sadness in her heart, like I can't leave from here. Um, And, you know, and then it's, it's, it's hard because then you guys absorb it. And like, you know, the teacher has to, and, or the group has to know how to pull that person out. So it's really uncomfortable in the beginning at some point. Um, But then at the same time, like you were saying, it is so amazing when you realize like, oh my gosh, I'm not a, you know, super sad or crazy person. A lot of the times it's just me 
absorbing and other people. And in a way, it's like you have to go through that experience to, to realize that. And there's some freedom in knowing that like it's you are you are actually absorbing more than you think. Oh my goodness, there's so much freedom. Um, I remember in one of our last classes um, when you told me to feel into um, my anxiety and that's what I was able to figure out that anxiety feels way different from my intuition. And what I was feeling was my intuition um, but when you've been in therapy for most of your life, they teach you to not trust your thoughts. But when you're doing this intuitive work, it's like, you need to trust your thoughts. <laughs> it was like a, a week of like, I don't know what I am doing. There's so much unlearning <laughs> happening at the same time, but it made such a difference. It gave me so much clarity as to why I lived in New York for five years and New York was my dream and it was horrendous. And it's because you're commuting because, I mean, you could have a car, more power to you, but you're commuting, you're in crowds. I worked in Bryant Park. I had to walk through Times Times Square. So I am constantly around so many people and I'm a incredibly observant person. Um, I've always been like this as a child, but it's heightened when you go through certain traumas. You're very observant of your surroundings. So I'm constantly paying attention to this person doesn't look happy. You know, what could possibly be going on? I'm absorbing their energy just by commuting to work. Exactly. And then now I don't understand why I'm anxious. And at that point of time, it's just like, well, if you don't understand why you're anxious, you just have, you know, manic anxiety. Uh, let's prescribe you a bunch of meds. <laughs> and um, just coming to that realization of being able to identify what was mine to carry, what was not mine to carry, what was anxiety, what was intuition, gave me so much freedom and released so much shame because I couldn't understand why I could not be in large settings. I couldn't be in large crowds. Like going to a music festival is my biggest nightmare. <laughs> mine, <laughs> mine, is Disney, mine is Disney World. Like, <laughs> and I have kids and I grew up going to Disney World and like, you know, you still got to go every once in a while, but um, that your yeah your music festival is my Disney World. I'm like oh, yeah. <laughs> put it all the shielding. Like if I can walk around in a bubble, I, I would. Yeah, but but it is. It's so um, you know. And 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 listen, nobody. What's the difficult part is you know for you Yeti. Like you know there was a lot of suffering during Soul Teacher um, because you know nobody can go into your brain and into your body and and source it out. But like you showed up every day and. Um, and you were starting to source it and, and figure it out. And it's really like so impressive to see where you are today, like receiving that reading from you, um, you know, where you really were like, this is not working for me. Like, this is <laughs> I'm not meant for this. I'm not, you know, Nikki made a mistake when she invited me in here. <laughs> like that girl doesn't know shit. Um, really, it was like you did the work. Like I could not, you know, I couldn't, the group I'm sure supported you too, but you started to pull apart like, oh, you know, like you, you went in there like a scientist and you were like, okay, like, it was like every day you were on the table, like dissecting yourself. And that's so hard, you know, but you, you did it. It is so hard and it's really hard to do um, and not judge yourself while you're doing it. And I think that's really important with self-love and self-care. I think people think that, um, you know, you just make a decision to love yourself, going to love everything about you. And no, that's not it. Sometimes it's recognizing like, oh, hey, Yeti, you fucked up there and taking ownership. 
Um, and I think that's what I learned to do in a more, on a more, in a more intense way <laughs> through Soul Teacher um, last year. So I, I live in Arizona, um, but like I'm from London, super diverse, New England, New York, very diverse, moved to Arizona. We are the specks of pepper in a sea of salt. Um, it is over here. And I, like, I was, I mean, they told me about that, but I was, when you come from New York or Mm -hmm. Massachusetts, Miami, like you just, you just think the whole world is like that. And you do. Yeah, you do. Until like we got, we got here and our first, our compliment every time we went somewhere was you guys are such a beautiful couple. You're a very (laughs) attractive couple. And at first I was like, babe, like we're attractive. And then after the fourth or fifth time, I'm like, I think they're saying this because we are black. (laughs) There's, but you know, to, to an extreme, like to an extent, they're probably just like, this is so, it's like, you, you know, like this is so exotic in a sense, you know, and, and, and anything that's exotic is beautiful. And that's the truth. Like, and if you can get there and because the opposite of that is that anything that is exotic is weird and bad and, you know, whatever, which is like the bad part of, of that. But uh, yeah, it's like almost like they didn't know all they could say, like, you guys are so beautiful because in many ways it's like this exotic piece of wood that they've never seen before, you know? (laughs) No, that's exactly what it is. Eventually I asked somebody just like, what do you mean by that? And she told me flat out, she's like, it's very rare that we see an all black couple. Usually somebody is Mexican, white, of a a different, you know, race. It's not like an all black couple. And I was just like, well, that makes sense because I very rarely see them too (laughs) in Arizona. (laughs) Look for those people too. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So through Soul Teacher and moving to Arizona, I think it was... And discovering my intuitive gifts, I think it had to have happened this way because us moving here to um, a predominantly white state, a red state, well, it was a red state, we are blue now, hallelujah. But it, and it allowed me to, in a weird way, relive what little Yeti was feeling and dealing with when she moved from England to America Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that until I was in class with those other girls and I got to kind of rewrite that story because I I still think our class is unique I think every soul teacher class your your group was was very unique I mean everybody has a uniqueness to it but yeah still trying to think like what happened it all there (laughs) like we all speak every day we try to have meetups. A lot of us, we work, we're working with each other. And it's like, I finally found like a space for, for me, you know, all of me, um, <clears throat> which spurred like this year being the coming home to me. Um, so it was a lot of healing, a lot of dissecting, but a lot of returning home too. Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. I know your, your group was so special and you would think like, cause you have friends in the other groups also. Mm-hmm. And you would think like, oh, maybe I should, I should end up with a friend, but you actually ended up like in the perfect, in the perfect, the perfect, the perfect group for yourself. So moving into um, one of, the, like I said in the beginning, I love like your way of understanding self-love, um, you know, um, nurturing yourself, all that kind of stuff. What is self-love and like, what isn't, you know, like, do you want to 
do you feel like there's a need to clear up any of that? Because sometimes I think it's just, it can get very confused. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Self-love is the ability to love and accept yourself for who you are right now in this stage with whatever hairstyle you've got on, <laughs> whatever leftover makeup you've got on, like truly loving and accepting all that you are right now. Even and- if a fucked up stage too, you know, like, even yeah. if you're like, I'm, I've, I'm a total addict, I'm trying to get sober, like, like even being able to in like the deepest of the darkest of moments to be able. Absolutely. Absolutely. You still need to love and care for that person that you see in the mirror. Um, self-caring is a way for you to love yourself. Um, I see it get used like interchangeably, which is fine. Um, but self-care is a part of, is a, is a way to self-love just as pampering is a way to self-care. Um, and I try to make that differentiation as much as possible. I made that categories. Yes, exactly. Exactly. With the whole overarching thing being self-love. Um, but self-care is, is super, super important to get to that place of loving yourself because self-care, yes, you have your spa days, you go get your pedicures and things like that. But sometimes self-care is simply setting boundaries. This person has hurt you. You don't want them to hurt you anymore. Um, And by you setting that boundary, it's you loving yourself enough to create a distance between something that is harming you. And we all absolutely need to prioritize self-care, especially, especially us intuitives. And I've noticed that too, that when I'm not caring for myself the way that I should, I'm not hitting my morning routines, I'm not getting some sort of movement in my day, it impacts what messages I'm receiving. Um, It impacts how I can channel for other people. Um, It's like you need to fine tune yourself before you begin working on others. Definitely. I always found a correlation and it's, you know, it's been a little tough lately um, between like the amount of, I don't know, like care investment, maybe it might even be the word that I would put into myself. It was almost like the more I achieved or the, you know, the more influence I had or the more people that wanted to work with me in a weird way, you would think I would try to make more time in my schedule, which I do, but actually I needed like more time for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to go to like an energetic healer every Monday to, to clean me out. You know, it's, it's not just like things that I can do for myself. Like I needed actually like support beyond that. I mean, today, like I said, you guys, I, I woke up, like I've been on this, um, I've been teaching at the time of recording this today is my last day of teaching um, for eight days straight. Like I was, uh, well, I took the weekend off, but I've been teaching this series every night at night, which is hard for me anyways. So I like shut off at five and this morning <laughs> I woke up and all I really wanted to do was I wanted to like cancel life, you know, for the day. I was like, I just don't want to do anything today. Um, but again, it was like, I saw Yeti in my calendar. It was like, no, like I want to see Yeti. And my dog was like dragging me out the door, which I'm so, she's a pain in the ass, but I was so grateful for her. And she made me go for a hike, even though like, I didn't want to know I was dragging my feet, like Mm -hmm. that thing. And it also makes me think about like, I was thinking about like conservation, like the conservation of energy too. Like, you know, one form of self-care too is like, it's, it's not that I'm going to cancel everything because I wouldn't be happy with that either. Like that wouldn't make me feel good, but I can conserve my energy. Like I don't have to 
get super dressed up for Yeti. Like, I know she loves me. I'm, I look like a gamer today. Like I was joking, <laughs> her, I'm wearing like a hoodie and my hair is dirty. Um, and like, I don't have to put this pressure on myself. Like, I'm like, you know what, today, this is like good enough. And like the hike, I didn't go all the way to the top. Like I usually do. I definitely walked a little bit slower. And that was like one way for me to, to still show up for myself mm-hmm. and not cancel it all. But like, even thinking about, I didn't have to give it a hundred percent, you know, and that's okay. And I think that's like a perfect, perfect way to self-care. You met yourself where you're at. Right. Um, and I think that's, I think that's where people get a little, not confused, but maybe turned off because mainstream media will tell you that you need to do all like a list of 11 things to seven care, um, to self-care. But sometimes for me, self-caring is getting up, going to my mirror, brushing my teeth and looking at my mirror looks ridiculous. I have a bunch of affirmations on the, on my mirror. Um, God bless my partner <laughs> so much. Himself too. He's probably like, I am awesome. I am Dante. <laughs> like, that's probably like his inner voice is like, <laughs> he is, he actually loves affirmations too. He has them on his phone. Um, but sometimes self-care is just me affirming myself in the mirror. Like you don't feel like it right now, Yeti, but you is absolutely a bad bitch and you will rock today. <laughs> Even if you're rocking it from the couch or rocking it from the bed, like you're absolutely doing what you have to do. You're, you're meeting yourself where you, where you are. And so. Yeti, speaking of your affirmations, that's been a big part of your journey. You made your first deck of cards, um, black girl affirmed, right? Is that, am I seeing the title? So my first deck of cards they're, they're not even available anymore because they were hideous. Um, <laughs> I, I, have, I have a secret book that like nobody knows about because it's so bad. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, your first book. I'm like, no, no, no. There, there was a book before that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my first deck of cards I released on my 30th birthday um, in 2018. Um, and it's an idea I had for the longest time, the longest time, but anxiety and the pasta syndrome, when they're together, they do their thing. Um, Not to mention, it was super hard back then um, to try and figure out publishing. Um, But yes, my first cycle cars came out in 2018. It was super important for me to provide this type of tool um, to my readers, because I'm a blogger too, my readers and my community, because affirmations saved my life. They saved my life. And not only that, they've helped me manifest things. Um, I never thought (laughs) was possible. I manifested my complete move to New York. Granted, it came at a horrendous time. I literally was was assaulted, decided that I could not be in Rhode Island anymore. And within a week, I moved to New York. Um, and within three days, I got a new job. Like it was so weird. And the job salary matched what was on the post-it that I was affirming to myself. It's just, it was so crazy and so weird. But back then, no one was talking about man- manifesting apart from the secret, but no one was taking the secret, the secret seriously because they made it feel like magic. Like, hey, sit in your room and wish for a red convertible and it's gonna show up in your garage. <laughs> so much love in me for that documentary, like that documentary. Like if you just want to sit there and like smoke a joint and watch the secret. It's kind of the best thing ever. It's like so bananas. It's so crazy. Absolutely is. But then I started to think about it. Like, well, the visualization and saying nice things to myself, like I'm going to try that. And I was deeply depressed, 
deeply depressed. I just broke, I, this man just broke up with me and I thought like my life was over. Like I needed to be with him. I absolutely did not need to be with that man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then reading, watching that movie made me realize how much like I don't really speak life over myself. And that's something I've been seeing quite a bit in my readings. It's like where this new feminist movement where it's so much, where it's so quick to be like, no, I don't stand for this. I won't accept that. I don't want this. But in the same, in the same area, we're not saying this is what I want. This is what I want to call into myself. Um, And that's basically how I was, I was raised. Like we don't, you, you want to be humble. Um, and so that was the first time affirmations, uh, was like the first tool that I really gravitated to because the more I spoke nicely about myself, the better I felt. Um, and then I started to believe some of the things that were on my post-its, um, people, my friends laugh at me all the time, um, because there's a show called being Mary Jane and she has post-its like all over her house. And when that mo- when that show came out with Gabrielle Union, everyone on Twitter was like, "This is Yeti!" Like she They've was watching Yeti's window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, "How did they get into Yeti's house?" <laughs> Just like, yes, it is me. I had posters everywhere in my wallets, like everywhere. Um, and so it was really important for me to share this tool because I saw how it worked with my sister. Um, my sister is 18 now and I still send her post-its in the mail for, with affirmations. Like you are amazing. (laughs) I need you to know this. Um, because I didn't grow up hearing those words. You know, I was a straight A student and if I came home with an A minus, my dad is asking me what happened to the A plus, like, what were you doing? Same. And so it makes you super critical of yourself. Like you're just never perfect. And through affirmations, I realized perfection does not exist. It absolutely doesn't. And it was my way of being able to give back to a community I didn't know, I didn't know existed until honestly, until I I started to contemplate going into um, influencing and mental wellness um, as a full time. Mm-hmm. Well, we're so happy you are here, Yeti, for sure. I mean, <laughs> issue like honestly like all the many blessings because it's like you're very needed and it's not easy um but we're just so grateful you're here I just bought your la- latest deck of cards I haven't received them yet because I know they're, they're shipping later but um what are they what are these like can you give me a preview what are they about yes um so the with love yeti deck is not the deck that I was supposed to release I made a completely different deck um <clears throat> It was definitely going to be paired with some sort of action, mostly affirmations, but um, my Black Girl Firm deck did really well last year in 2020, um, and I was basically going to put out a second edition. And thanks to you, Nikki, um, I can now have conversations with my ancestors. (laughs) And my grandmother was just like, no. (laughs) No, that's not the deck. There. Yeah, like don't hide there. Like go wider. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's like, no, that's it. She's like, it makes sense. It's smart for business, but it's not the deck that you need to put out. And of course, I ignored her and I continued to move forward with the deck that I had already created because I am the type of person that has to stick to a schedule, stick to structure. And then my printer was just like, yeah, 
we had an issue. <laughs> I was just like, okay, this is my grandmother. This is the like answer. Smashing, like smashing the machines, like somehow yeah. <laughs> spiritually smashing machines. <laughs> exactly. And so um, I started to brainstorm. I was just like, okay, what if I don't put out a deck? And then just like, that isn't an option for me. Yet you, you need to put out a deck. It's what you do every year for your birthday. It's something you need to do this year because you're going full-time in this business and like celebrate, celebrate that you're stepping into this new world. Um, and so with Love Yeti is an idea that has been sitting in the back of my head for a very long time. It was actually supposed to be a podcast. It's still going to be a podcast, um, but it was supposed to be little mini pep talks um, that you receive on a Monday morning and you could either listen to it or you could read it. So newsletter form or podcast form. And that nagging voice was just like, why can't you make that into a deck? Mm. And I just like, I don't want to rewrite. I don't want to write a whole bunch of affirmations. I'm doing customized, personalized affirmations too. So um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little drained. <laughs> I'm turning out like over 200 affirmations a month. Um, uh, um, yeah, a month um, for my clients. And um, something told me to go through my journals. And so I was going through my journals. Um, I used to write myself little pep talks like, hey, Yeti, it's going to be okay. Um, you're going to make it through the science class or, you know, daddy's upset right now, but you're going to get an A next year. It's going to be better. And, and, and things, things are going to be perfect. Um, and as I got older through my journals, because I've been journaling since I moved to America, that's when I started to journal. Um, I started to realize that some of these, like even the handwriting is different. Some of the notes that I was writing were not me. They're like channeled messages from, from someone. I'm guessing the higher self. Oh, yes. I didn't even think about that. Some I absolutely do know my, is my grandmother. Yeah. Um, or the ancestor yeah. lineage. Ancestors, yeah. Um, but yes, definitely my highest self and telling me like, you know, love doesn't have to hurt, you know? And this is like before I even broke up with that guy. It was like, love doesn't have to hurt. You don't have to be a doormat. You don't have to, you know, change yourself. And I decided to take bits and pieces of my journal prompts uh, my journals, and I turned them into mini pep talks. And then I paired them with journal prompts. I wish I had like someone asking me questions to dive in deeper into what I'm feeling to then realize, you know, maybe this isn't factual, or maybe this isn't the right decision for me. Um, and then also with affirmations to affirm some of those, those mini pep talks, because some of those, some of the love notes that you will see in this deck, they are very much so cutthroat, like cut the shit. Yeah. <laughs> like your gut instincts is trying to sell you, it's trying to tell you something. Why are you ignoring her? Mm. Um, and then a journal prompt would be like, okay, well, how can I tune into myself? How can I quiet the noise outside and turn the volume on me? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a different type of affirmation deck, but it honestly is truly from my heart. The design on the front cover is anchor print. Uh, which a lot of people have noticed since I wore it, it was it was so coincidental. I have a dress that actually looks like the <laughs> the cover of my cards. I thought and it was so, on the the cover. Thank you. Um, and as I was taking pictures, my friend Jasmine was just like, "Do you know your deck matches your dress?" And I was just like, "Huh, this is perfect for marketing." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But it is anchor print because I, I'm wearing anchor print when I see my highest self. My grandmother is in her anchor print sweatsuit. That's a story that we can discuss another day. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's de- definitely from like the depths of my heart, <laughs> and I hope yeah. people love it. Well, and you've been doing great. Like, I mean, it's been selling. You've been doing a yeah, great- yeah. And the and black black girl firms are they still available? Those decks? Yeah, yes, they are. They are. They absolutely are. And in February, like to the culture too. Yes, exactly. So last year, after going through um, a lot of racial trauma, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I got attacked on a attacked on election night um for being black um and and then that year you know it was just those that you know the um, the the year was rough yeah the year it was everything exactly and Mm -hmm. i live in trump town um it was really important to me like that deck was born out of what i needed and then i realized there are so many other women that would benefit from that too and so that's how the black girl firm deck came around I was super nervous about that too because I know last year everything was all Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter and it was just like I need to put this out because I need for Black women to know that you know you you are pure fucking magic you are and have a different voice in that time too because sometimes like you know there was it was even though it was a beautiful movement it was very masculine you know yes like being able to have the Black woman's voice was nice too you know I agree yeah. Oh, Yeti. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us and for everything that you're creating. I hope you know that like when you're creating them, like you really are creating them for all of us. And we're, I know it's not easy, like, um, cause you feel very much like, um, it feels very much like, I don't know, like spirit has asked you to do this work. And even though it's kind of like that annoying calling, you know, that you're like, shit, yeah. couldn't I just married rich? Like, fuck you. <laughs> you know? Um, like you really need me to do all these things. Like you really need me to look this way and get assaulted and like do that. You know, it's just, it's, um, like, I, I really feel that from your soul. Um, and so I just really feel the, the, the need to tell you, like, we're super grateful. I feel like it's like, when I say we, I feel like I just speak for the collective. I'm just going to take a moment to speak for the collective. <laughs> um, but no, truly, like, I hope every time it's, you have a hard day or, um, when you're putting in like so much love to the things that you create, like I know, I absolutely know there's like a very big crowd um, and you're at the beginning stages of it. So um, it doesn't, you know, it feels like crickets sometimes, but you know, I just, I just know you're very supported. So let's keep going. <laughs> We're going. I can't wait for your cards to make it to my house because um, you guys will see me use them on Monday card readings. So we'll check those out. And then just know that Yeti also is, uh, she's a soul mentor. So you can see a reading with her. You, um, We will include all her links here. So if you want to purchase um, any of the decks of cards, you, you'll you have those links. And um, you also do something on Soul Collective on Instagram. Like have you, you're going to start doing like card, like using your cards to read. Yes. I'm going to be doing full um, pick your own affirmations. Yeah. So she's going to be doing some affirmation stuff on the Soul Collective Instagram. And we will share that in Mighty Networks and all that stuff. So, and it's 11, 11 Yeti. So perfect time to end. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. I love you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for sharing your story and I'll see you soon. Yes, I will see you soon. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. 
Until next time, love you much.